From the open source, it's Healthy You, a podcast about your well-being. And now, here's your host, Sharon Stevens. What does the separation of church and state mean when it comes to reproductive freedom? This is Healthy You. I'm your host, Sharon Stevens. Back in a minute. Stop smoking. Lose weight. Stop worrying. Find peace of mind. Changing behavior is tough. You've tried it many times. Well, there is help. Renowned psychiatrist George Hewlett developed a method of self-hypnosis and guided meditation that has helped many people. His method is now available online. Presented by the Worldwide Talent Group, these meditations are available wherever you listen to music. iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, it's there. Stop smoking, lose weight, find peace, avoid panic attacks, and more. Simply Google Worldwide Talent Group Meditations. In approximately 15 minutes, you may begin to feel some relief. See the tremendous list of meditations. Search Worldwide Talent Group Meditations. That's Worldwide Talent Group Meditations. And feel better. Life begins at conception. Psalms 119 says, Your hands made me and formed me. Being from the biblical side of it, I've always believed that life does occur at the point of conception. As a Catholic, I do believe life begins at conception. That is built into our legislative findings currently in law. Someone had mentioned yesterday that uh, this is unconstitutional separation of church and state. Well, the fact of the matter is, I know of no greater way of affirming the natural rights of man than to declare that they are a gift from our Creator. God doesn't give us a choice in this area. He is the creator of life. And I, being made in his image and likeness, don't get to choose to take that away no matter how that child came to be. And what makes you valuable is that you equally share the image of our creator. You are his work of art. To me, life begins at conception, and my God doesn't give that option. You have inherent dignity protected by the Constitution and inherent dignity provided by God. I rise to offer an amendment ending in .18H. It has been distributed. I move for its adoption. The only question I have is a rhetorical one, and that is how many of our constituents agree with the statement that God is the author of human life? That statement itself is in violation of the separation of church and state. It's it's an anti-constitutional statement in and of itself, and I ask the body to oppose the amendment. The case for reproductive freedom as a religious right is making its way through the courts. Americans United for Separation of Church and State Chapter President Cynthia Holmes is here to talk about why 14 local clergy members believe that Missouri's abortion ban violates the state's commitment to the separation of church and state. Welcome, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. Tell me about... um, Reverend Tracy Blackman versus State of Missouri. Why are these clergy members involved in this suit? Well, they are involved because they believe that the abortion ban that is now in effect in Missouri violates um, their religious precepts. Um, They believe it was religiously motivated and incorporates into our state law what one group of religious people believes about abortion um, and to the exclusion of other beliefs. And as you know, there or may not know, there's it, when life begins. You know, something that theologians, the medical community, um, and you know, scientists don't all agree on. So the fact that they've made this judgment in state law is the kind of the basis. Um, I can tell you what a couple of them have said. Uh, bishop Dion Johnson, who is the Episcopal bishop for Missouri, is one of our plaintiffs. 
Um, and he said for decades the Episcopal Church has affirmed that the decision to have an abortion is a personal one that should not be legislated away by the government. How is an abortion ban a religious violation? First of all, we know it is because of what the legislators said when they passed it. Their words, they are saying that the life begins at conception um, and therefore they are right to ban abortion. Other religious groups, um, the Jewish community, we have two rab- three rabbis as plaintiffs. Um, we have UCC minister, Methodist minister, uh, Reverend Bishop Johnson that I just mentioned, all say that's not what we believe. And when you make that law that affects us and controls us, you are interfering with our religious beliefs to impose your own on everybody. When did this go to court and what's its status right now? The lawsuit was filed in January of 23. Um, It is in the city of St. Louis. It is just had a hearing on what they call a motion for summary judgment. There was a motion to dismiss earlier, um, and the judge did not, he granted that in part, but not in full. Well, at that point, the lawsuit's good to go on. One of the things he did in his order, which is interesting, is uh, originally uh, prosecuting attorneys across the state were joined as defendants because they would be enforcing this law. Um, And they filed a motion to get out of the lawsuit on the basis of, we don't know whether the law is going to be upheld or not, so we're not enforcing anything. Um, And they got out of it. Interestingly enough, the prosecuting attorney, a female prosecuting attorney in Kansas City said, I want to stay in on the side of the plaintiffs. (laughs) She said, I guess felt the same about her religious rights as as our plaintiffs do. Um, There was a motion for summary judgment, and that's just recently. It'll probably be decided in January where uh, the defense says, just based on the pleadings and the facts that are admitted, there's no case here. And so they're asking the judge to throw it out again. So once he makes a decision on that, if he does not throw it out, which we're hopeful he won't, uh, then the case will go forward with discovery, depositions, and all of that, and probably go to trial. What if he does throw it out? Then what? Well, then it'll be appealed to the Missouri Court of Appeals and ultimately the Supreme Court. The case is filed in Missouri because, you know, you might think that's a weird case to choose to file it since our state is somewhat conservative. Uh, But our Constitution in Missouri, the separation of church and state portions or the religious liberty portions of our Constitution are actually stronger than they are in the federal Constitution. And our state Supreme Court has said that. Um, So that's one of the reasons the case was brought here. What was then Attorney General Eric Schmidt's argument when you went to court? Um, Well, of course, as you know, Eric Schmidt has moved on to (laughs) go to try to put his religious views into our federal system. But um, so it would be uh, Andrew Bailey, the current attorney general, who is making the argument on behalf of the state. They're saying a couple of things. They're saying that... um, the fact this is just merely a health law and safety law that it protects women and babies. Um, of course, if you are a woman who is three or four or five months pregnant and something horrendous happens and your baby is going to die anyway and carrying your pregnancy to term threatens your life or your health or your ability to have children in the future as is going on in Texas right now, um, you know, you would see it differently, that it's not health and safety. It is taking a decision in our plaintiff's point of view that should be made by women and their clergymen and their spouses or partners and their doctors. 
This is Healthy You by The Open Source. I'm your host, Sharon Stevens. Back in a minute. Located in St. Louis, The Open Source produces community-focused content. Everything that is published by The Open Source is about fulfilling the positive mission. The Open Source showcases the story of our neighbors in an effort to help everyone achieve and thrive. The Open Source TV streams on Roku, and the podcasts are available wherever you listen. Help The Open Source grow by sharing this episode. Thank you for listening. Sued us back in January, and here we were to defend the abortion laws that the people of Missouri passed through their elected representatives. We've been fighting this for the past 11 months. We hope that the court will recognize that this was clearly the intent and purpose of the legislature to impose their religious beliefs on everyone in Missouri by passing this abortion ban and strike it down. It passed in 2017 and 2019, so that we think the court should really be looking at the law as it exists. Uh, today rather than in the 1800s. They're trying to resurrect a long discredited theory that the Supreme Court rejected six decades ago. Let's talk about Texas for a second. How closely are you covering this case where the state Supreme Court has at least temporarily blocked um, a lower court decision that would have allowed a a woman to uh, go ahead uh, with an, uh, an emergency? Abortion. Right. Well, uh, Americans United, as such, is not involved in that lawsuit. We don't represent any party, but of course, we are following it very closely. Um, Texas law basically is very vague. That's one of the problems. But it only would allow an abortion in a medical necessity. But the way it's being interpreted by their attorney general is pretty bad. The woman in Texas, I think, is 20 weeks along. Um, Her baby has a fatal uh, chromosomal abnormality that if if it is not stillborn she will take her precious baby that she wanted and watch it die um, she is having all kinds of problems um, they're telling her that she wanted this child she wants to have she already has two wants another one um, that this will probably result if she carries this to term in her uh, not being able to have another child um, and it does threaten her life if she continues this pregnancy um, the, it's gone through two levels of the court in Texas. The trial court said, yes, she should be able to get an abortion, under the, even under our restrictive law. Um, and then the Court of Appeals upheld that. Um, the attorney general in Texas, an old white man, has said, oh, no, no, I should decide what happens to this woman and her child and her family. Um, and so he has appealed to the Supreme Court. They put the lower court's decision on hold. So we don't know. The problem is... She doesn't know how quick this is going to happen. I mean, it's reaching the point where she's going to be in danger, healthy, health and life, if this goes on much longer. You know, right now, Texas law says if you go out of state and get an abortion, anybody in the state of Texas can sue you or anyone that helps you. So if her husband flies for Illinois to get the medical care she so desperately needs, he could be sued by any crazy person in Texas that feels like doing so. Um, So that's how goofy, (laughs) insane uh, the law is in Texas, and we're getting close. We're getting close here. Well, let's get back to the case for a minute. What is your organization's involvement, and and what's your role? Personally, I don't have much other than supporting the legislation and kind of spreading the word, as I'm doing here today. 
um, Americans United represents, our attorneys represent the plaintiffs, along with attorneys from the National Women's Law Center um, and actually a law firm that's a well-known national firm, Arnold and Porter, out of the East Coast. Um, Americans United does do litigation. Um, for example, we're representing a Catholic mom in North Carolina who is being um, a Christian uh, adoption agency refuses her to allow allow her to be a foster parent because her Catholic religion is the wrong one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are the kinds of cases um, Americans United gets involved in. Of course, this is one because we do feel it's uh, people are imposing their their views on on others. Um, the other thing reason we brought the case in Missouri is that generally legislators don't admit what they're doing. Um, in our case, many of them uh, made statements about uh, quoting from the Bible, uh, my Catholic faith demands that I vote for this legislation. Um, there were lots of those kinds of statements. And then the preamble to the bill or talks about God being the creator of all life. And so this is why we're doing this bill. So they pretty much admitted that motivation. Um, and the state's view, yes, what their one of their points is, uh, so what? <laughs> they, you know, they say, well, people voted for the Civil Rights Act in 64 because of their faith. So the fact that some of the people were motivated by that shouldn't matter. Is this the kind of case you'd like to see go to the U.S. Supreme Court? It's actually, in our current environment, the kind of case we hope never goes to the Supreme Court. And that's why it's brought the way it is, because it is brought in Missouri under our Constitution, um, which has, you know, will be interpreted by our own Supreme Court. So there really isn't, it would go through the state court here, the Missouri Court of Appeals, ultimately Missouri Supreme Court. Probably whichever way it goes, it will be appealed on all three levels. Um, But once the Missouri Supreme Court decides that's going to be it, and we actually think we've got a more reasonable chance in the Missouri Supreme Court. Right now, I think anybody that follows the U.S. Supreme Court currently could say there was zero chance of prevailing there. So, you know, that was a strategic move that was made. So that's why you would not, you're hoping that it won't go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, it will not go to the Supreme Court. Well, thank you very, very much. I appreciate you taking your time out to talk with us, Cynthia. Yes, my pleasure. This was the second of three episodes about reproductive health. To listen to segments one and three, go to HealthyUSDL.com. Thank you for listening to Healthy You. I'm your host, Sharon Stevens.